0: Everyone needs a pastor. A visit to the pastor's study brings biblically faithful pastoral ministry to you and pastoral ministry from those with proven experience in Christian service. Our time together will be lively, sometimes controversial, always useful, and never dull. Welcome to the study of Pastor Bill Shishko.
1: Pastor Bill Shishko here with you. Hey, it's great to have you with us for another visit to the pastor's study Probably the most liberating effect of the gospel is that the believer in Christ can face death without fear. I am the resurrection and the life, declared the Lord Jesus Christ, and the one who believes in me, though he die, yet he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And then he adds to this utterly, utterly remarkable statement that no other religious leader ever could or ever can make, Do you believe this? The specter of the death that is ordained for each person since the fall of our first parents makes us ask where our trust for immortality rests. Only in Jesus Christ is there true victory over death, and I cannot cannot overemphasize that. But even the believer in Christ must reckon with all of the issues connected with his or her death, while the soul of the believer in Christ immediately enters glory upon its separation from the body, which is what death is, the separation of the life force of the soul from the material that composes a human body. What's to be done with that body? Honestly, asking that question, as hard as it is to face it, is an essential part of what we often call Christian stewardship, along with preparing a will, keeping it updated, and letting our loved ones know where the will is to be found, don't forget that, and along with letting those same people know where our important documents like insurance policies and financial information are, it's also our responsibility to give thought to our own funerals. Not to do that is to put a further burden on those we love at a time when their distress is already so great. The direction that the Lord, through the prophet Isaiah, gave to King Hezekiah, one of the Old Testament kings of Judah, is a direction that can be given to all of us, set your house in order, for you shall die. Not a small part of setting your house in order is to make preparations for your own funeral. Now the immediate question that comes to mind is how your body is to be treated after your death. If you really want to, you can read about any number of, in my opinion, very macabre ways of disposing human remains. But certainly the most common are cremation or burial, either in the earth or in the sea. Now, I don't want to get into the issue of cremation. All I would point out as a pastor is that the biblical pattern for the treatment of the human body after death is great care and either the burial or placement of the prepared body in a tomb. Following the example of his predecessors and their wives, the Old Testament patriarch Jacob commanded that he be buried with his fathers in a specific cave. His son Joseph was embalmed and put in a coffin in Egypt, although, as the New Testament writer of Hebrews tells us, by an act of faith, knowing that the Israelites would be brought to the land of God had promised them, Joseph gave directions concerning his bones so that those remains would be with his people. The Lord Himself buried Moses in the land of Moab. The body of the Lord Jesus Christ was carefully wrapped in a clean linen shroud and laid in an unused tomb. Devout men buried the body of Stephen, the first martyr of the Christian church. And I would only add that in God's Word, the Bible the burning of the human body is usually associated with a curse. God made us, body and soul, and even after death the body is to be treated with the greatest care and the greatest respect. Now later in the program I'll let you know how you can get a free booklet, Burial or Cremation Does It Matter? by Donald Howard. You'll find it immensely helpful as you work through this issue or as you help others to do the same. But beyond this issue there are others What funeral home or funeral director will you work with? Will the funeral service be held in a funeral home or a church or elsewhere? Will there be calling hours for how long? Will there be a closed casket or an open one? What do you want included in the funeral service? What hymns? What scripture readings? Will there be personal testimonials or not? Who do you want to lead that service and minister the Word of God on that unique occasion? Do you have a particular text or texts that you want as the basis for the message that you want to be given at that time? Where will your remains be buried? And I need to bring this up because it's part of all that's involved in the stewardship that's an inseparable part of our funerals. How much will this cost? And how will it be paid? Are there ways to do God-glorifying funerals that make better use of your available funds? I mean, it is part of Christian stewardship to deal with that. I realize that that all of this is unpleasant to think about. Again, it brings us face-to-face with the ugliness and the sorrow that sin has brought into this world. There isn't anything normal, and there isn't anything good about death. But Christians, and Christians alone, can face this dark subject always in the bright confidence of the one who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. I want this program to be of help to you as you consider well how to write the epilogue of the book of your life. God has ordained the day of our death, and that day is mercifully unknown to us. But God also allows us to plan our ways, including planning a funeral that will be to the glory of God and a statement of the gospel of Christ's victory over sin, death, hell, and the grave. Our topic for today's visit to the pastor's study is planning a truly christian funeral and so that we do this right i have both a pastor and a funeral director with me in the studio pastor mike plugman pastor of the orthodox presbyterian church in bohemia here on long island and dorothy pasameo a certified funeral service practitioner here on long island and a long-standing member of both the Nassau-Suffolk-Long Island Funeral Directors Association as well as the National Funeral Directors Association. And they're both going to help us with a lot of the practical matters connected with planning funerals. And because our entire discussion is within the framework of the gospel of everlasting life in Christ, believe it or not, this won't be a dread but a delight. What? What a priceless honor it is to help your loved ones to give a powerful witness of the gospel and to know something of what will happen with your body while your soul rests from its labors. Well, these things and a lot more are what's involved in planning a truly Christian funeral. Now remember that this program enables you to call in with your questions, although I have a lot of my own our live call-in number is 631-955-5400, 631-955-5400. Jot it down if you'd like to call in with your questions. And you can also text your questions at this special number for Pastor Bill, 516-367-0391. Just enter it into your phone, and you can have it handy, 516-367-0391, for text questions at any time to Pastor Bill. But for now, though, Pastor Mike Plugman and Dorothy Passameo. Welcome. Welcome to a visit to the pastor's study. Pastor Plugman, welcome back. Thank you. Good to be with you, Bill. <laughs> and uh, and Dorothy, good to have you with us in the studio.
2: Yes, thank you. It's an honor to be here.
1: Well, Pastor Mike, um, you, you've had years. How long have you been in the pastorate, Pastor Mike?
3: Um... Well, in Bohemia, I am in my nineteenth year.
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. well, but but you had experience before that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You've had a lot of experience talking with people about their funerals and doing funeral and interment services and comforting those who mourn as a pastor now, which is what you are. What are the big things that you've learned about what make up, what makes up a truly Christian funeral?
3: Uh, I would say. Um, trying to avoid being very man-centered and call to mind what is really happening when a Christian dies. Because as you pointed out, when a Christian dies, he is or, he, or she is immediately received in glory. And that means in the presence of the Lord, but it also means in the presence of the church triumphant. And here on earth, I like to think that it is, perhaps the last ministry of the church militant to commit that body to the ground and to hand it over as it were almost to the church triumphant and the Lord on the other side of the veil.
1: That's a beautiful way to look at it. That's great. Yeah. Okay. So that's the big one.
3: I I would say so, internalizing that, calling that to mind. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I appreciate so much the point about not being man-centered. I mean, by nature, we're sinners. Uh, Christians are saved by grace, and you give glory to God, and of all times to do it, it's then. Now, Dorothy, um, talk to us about the most important things people can do to ease the burden on their loved ones as they consider their own funerals.
2: Thank you, uh, Pastor. Um, I think the most important uh, thing that families can do is to pre-plan. They need to talk about... uh, their lives they need to talk about uh with each other and uh while they are pre- while they are um they need to bring into uh the the whole circumference of everything uh what they truly want and uh i think like you had hmm. said uh it relieves the burden of the family
1: what what's a what's a meeting like that like a, a pre i mean most people are not going to do a lot of time thinking about a meeting with a funeral director to pre-plan a funeral, but they should. T- tell us what that is like, what goes on in a meeting like that.
2: Um, well, the meeting, uh, in the past, I've I've had families come in three, four times. It doesn't necessarily mean an initial meeting where everything is decided. Uh, sometimes uh, they come come in just to ask questions and uh, to educate the people or educate yeah. the families on what they what they want, what what the choices are, their options. Uh, that's all part of the meeting. Okay. Um, but it it doesn't necessarily happen in one one uh, meeting with the funeral director.
1: Yeah, that helps you as a funeral director to get to know the people. As people, I mean, this is not just a, a checklist of things. you you know, you know where people's commitments are and, and what they want and what they don't want. so that that personal aspect I would assume is very, very important.
2: Yes, it is. Um, we, we have to become very good listeners uh, in meeting with with families uh, and to hear what they what they truly want, what they don't want. Um, and in that pre-planning process, uh, that's very important. It's important to us as funeral directors and it's also important to the families.
1: And I would imagine there's kind of a knack, um, I mean we always we say uh, for in our circles ministerially that a funeral is not a worship service it, it's a family time and so we're there to to help the family and respect the family's wishes uh, and I'm assuming you're, you're doing the same thing you may have personal preferences or views but you're gonna to, to put those aside and just help the families know what they want. Correct?
2: Yes, uh, that is correct. We we don't want to put our own personal uh, wants and beliefs on the family. Uh, that's the reason for having the the consultation or the meeting with the family, so that they um, so that we understand what they want. Um, and uh, it's become it's become more and more as time goes on. Uh, I've been a funeral director for over 40 years and the paradigm of funerals and and the faith community and 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 putting putting the faith community and the families with the funeral director together uh ha- has worked out tremendously uh, for both parties yeah. and for the families too.
1: Yeah, of course there's different kinds of uh, customs for for different different faith commitments, right?
2: Yes, there certainly is and I've worked with uh, many of them. Um, but uh, each one, again, is tailored um, to the family's uh, beliefs, uh, their rite of funeral, uh, their rituals, um, and every family is different. So yeah, we sure. have to look at every family differently. Yeah, oh, yeah, differently. that personal
1: aspect. Yeah, so personal. important. And, and, Dorothy, we're going to talk a little bit later about cost and all of this. To pre-plan, is money put up front for this, or is that not necessary, or is there a certain basic requirement?
2: It's not, it's not a requirement. Um, We do recommend that they, they put uh, something down, uh, especially if they're, they're looking, if it's the, uh, the person themselves that's making the prearrangement for themselves, uh, just to alleviate that burden from the family. Uh, But again, it's not, it's not something they have to do, uh, but we do recommend it. Uh, In New York State, um, I know there's been a lot of concern about um, well, not so much new york state but other states uh, nationally about putting money aside in a in a trust account and um, making sure it's there when uh, the time comes but in new york state we have very strong and uh, stringent trusting laws uh, that protect the consumer
1: and and if a person has a burial policy uh, that is just given to the funeral director at, at the at the time uh, after the person has died. I would assume, right?
2: Uh, yes, it's uh, sort of an insurance policy. Yes, okay. uh, we do we do take assignments on insurance policies. Uh, basically, the uh, beneficiary will, would sign over the amount of the funeral only uh, to the funeral home, and uh, that's how we. Uh, Received okay
1: amount. I'm going to ask a question to both of you, Ian, and Pastor Mind, I'll, I'll start with you. Uh, probably the best way to put it is what are some colossal, if unintended, mistakes people make when it comes to planning their funerals or the funerals of others? I, I'm interested in what a pastor says and, and what a funeral director says.
3: Mind, Pastor Mind? I- ideally, uh, as a Christian, and we're talking about Christian funerals, right. you want to work both with a trusted pastor and a trusted funeral director, and working for so many years now with Dorothy, I have really come to appreciate her expertise. We have worked very well together, I think, and, and, and I think that coordination and cooperation uh, is so important. Um, On top of that, I would add that um, you want to be guided, I think, in a Christian funeral um, by two principles, and that is the principle of dignity. Mm -hmm. You want the occasion to be dignified. As you mentioned, our bodies are still united to Christ, um, and, and that calls for a decorum. Um, and so dignity is an important value that should govern the whole thing. The other one, in my opinion, and it goes toward avoiding a man's centeredness, is simplicity. Because yes. simplicity is a tremendous aid in pointing to the Lord, making him the center. Yes, Uh, of the proceeding.
1: Yeah, excellent. Uh, So so important. So
3: dignity and simplicity.
1: And and, and simplicity. I had not thought of it like that. That's a a great way to to put it. Dorothy, what about in your experience? I mean, I'm talking about really colossal, if unintended, mistakes that people make in planning a funeral.
2: Um, I think the biggest mistake uh, a family can make is not having a funeral. I think a pastor brought up simplicity, and sometimes families think of uh, simple as cost-effective. And I, I know you're going to bring that up later, but um, a lot of times when families come in, whether they're pre-planning or whether they're in an at need situation, um, you know, dignity on our on our part is is certainly um, utmost uh, important, but. Uh, Sometimes people think simplicity means less, you know, less costly, or the in, if they need to go the the other route. Um, but of course, in the faith community, it's a little bit different. Um, and uh, it, it's it's nice to see um, the families, the funeral director, and the the faith community working together, because um, I think that's important uh, for the support for the family, and also for the funeral director. And I uh, I thank uh, Pastor for uh, uh, for that opportunity because we do work very well together and um, um, he's he's educated me on on certain sure. uh, principles and practices yeah. and uh, uh, that's been very helpful to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, if I if I could use kind of a common metaphor, we're not talking about a dollar store kind of event, you know, with, with all due respect to dollar Sim. stores. Yeah, it, when we say simplicity, you, know, you you were talking, Pastor Mite, about about. About it, this it, it, is not a, a grandiose thing. Right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and I, I would add in that, because in my uh, pastor in Franklin Square, uh, well, we worked with a number of different funeral homes, and that that was an experience in itself. Uh, there was one locally that I was told when I came there in 1981 is the one that uh, the people in Franklin Square worked with. Uh, it was primarily primarily more of a Protestant funeral, if I could put it that way. But over the years, that tie with the funeral directors there was huge. They began to develop a sense of, of what an Orthodox Presbyterian funeral about was about, they knew if we did the funeral at the um, at the funeral home, although later we began to do more at the church, which I would commend but but you always had to have the biggest chapel uh, because they knew that our the people of the congregation turned out for for those we 're dealing with with the with the topic of planning a truly Christian funeral, and I want to remind all of you this is not morbid for us. Uh, because, in Christ, as Pastor Mind had, had pointed out, while at death uh, the the body is there, being still united to Christ, the souls with the lord, but we need to we need to do justice to those issues about dealing with the body, and we're going to continue to do that uh, after this message, from the voice of a visit to the pastor's study.
0: That great city, New York. Metropolitan New York is the largest city in the United States. And with a population of over 20 million people, Metro New York is one of the largest cities in the world. And what's more, Metro New York is home to people from every nation of the world. To reach Metro New York is to reach the world. But churches faithful to historic Reformation Christianity in the Metro New York area are few and far between. The mission fields of Metro New York are America's richest, and most neglected. Reformation Metro New York is an agency by which the Orthodox Presbyterian Church is planting and developing biblically faithful churches and church ministries in the Metro New York area. Through Reformation Metro New York, you can help promote the outreach of this program, a visit to the pastor's study, and other projects designed to further the ongoing Reformation of the church. That and church planting are the great passions of Reformation Metro New York. For more information For information, check out the website at ReformationMetroNY.org where you'll get a personal look at the ministries of the churches, pastors, evangelists, and teachers of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church in the area, and you'll learn how you can be a part of our labors. We need your help. Here's the site again, ReformationMetroNY.org. Thanks for your interest and your help. Remember that great city, New York. To reach Metro New York is to reach the world. Now, back to today's edition of A Visit to the Pastor's Study.
1: Pastor Bill Shishko here with you. My guests today, Pastor Mike Plugman of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church in Bohemia and also Dorothy Passameo, who is a funeral director, and we'll hear a little bit more about what's entailed in her work as we go through the program. If you have questions... We have loads of them here, but if you'd like to add to them, 631-955-5400. That'll put you on the program, 631-955-5400. And if you're more comfortable texting a question, you can do that at 516-367-0391. That's Pastor Bill's official text number, 516-367-0391. And you can use that anytime in a week for questions that would come up. Pastor Mike, um What are some things, let's talk about the funeral itself, okay? We've we've dealt with kind of general things here, related to Christian funerals, that you urge people to avoid. And and what are some things as a pastor that you either urge or strongly suggest?
3: Well, like Dorothy mentioned, uh, thinking about these things and talking about these things um, with a funeral director, but with your loved ones, and preferably with Uh, your pastor, um, is very important. Now, are you proactive? Let's
1: say you have someone who's been diagnosed as having a terminal illness. And as best as the doctors can discern, this person's, usually the language I use, earthly pilgrimage, is not going to be a long one. Are you proactive and say, brother, sister... um, have you thought about your funeral? Could we think about that together? Do you do
3: those kinds of things? I do.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I do, too, as well. I yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's important because you're a pastor. Yeah, when at
3: all possible. Um, okay, so what
1: kinds yeah. of things? And they, and they say, you know, I, 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 it's kind of scary for me to think about this. I I, yeah, I really haven't. So what do you say to them?
3: Uh, Bill, it depends. Um, uh, you go, you go by the person. Um, uh, when my mother-in-law passed away, something that she would often come to in in the course of life, in various circumstances, and usually in trying circumstances, uh, it would come down to this. She, she had one saying. She goes, in the end, Christ alone is all our hope. Yeah. And, and that's what she wanted said at the funeral. That was a great statement sure. to build a funeral service around.
1: Yeah, exactly. that's what I did. Yeah, of course, people talk so, with you about hymns and that kind of thing that y- they want, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, yeah. now, let's say someone is, is – the bent is toward a man-centeredness. Do
3: you try to – teach them the way of God more accurately, so to speak? Or? Yes, I do, Bill. And, and, and I got kind of a, a, a little saying that, that has proved to be very memorable to, to many people. And uh, I have actually told people, somebody in our congregation who passed away of cancer, um, that I, I said to him, Jim, um, at your funeral service, this is what I would like to say. And uh, I ran it by him. And it was this, I said, Jim, I like to tell the people that Jim was not a great man, but that he served a great God.
1: Yeah, excellent, that's wonderful.
3: Yeah. And Jim said to me, do it, you know, yeah, go with good. that.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, so it's kind
3: of a prompting of people, so, sure. Yeah, yeah. To, yeah, to realize that at this hour, Christ is all our hope, Christ yeah. alone is all yeah. our hope. But we have a great Savior in the Lord Jesus Christ. And doesn't
1: Christ. that give a thrill to people? Because it could say, "Wow, yeah. this is what's going to be said at my funeral service." I, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah it did
3: for Jim. Yeah, yeah. excellent, yeah.
1: excellent. Yeah. Now, okay, Dorothy, uh, as you wait patiently here. Okay, from a from a from a funeral home director's perspective, um, what makes for a truly, if I could use the word, helpful funeral service? Uh, that, that really is a, a, an encouragement and a help not only to the immediate family, but also to people that come.
2: Um, I think a, an important part of a funeral service is uh, the gathering, okay. whether it be in a funeral home or church. Um, I and, think,
1: and the time for that.
2: Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, the, the, you know, it's, it's, it's important for, for the families to gather together I believe it's part of their. It's an, It's one of the needs for the grieving process. Right. And um, uh, but you know they need to talk about that. They need to make sure that that happens. Uh, and of course in the pre-planning process, yeah. That yeah. would be that would be one of the important things that, um, should be discussed.
1: Yeah. One of the things, Dorothy, I, I, and I sense that this is changing, and I realize different faith traditions do it differently. But I've often thought the, the pattern of two days, of uh, three hours in the afternoon, three hours in the evening, so you're talking about 12 hours, in, in a, in a, nothing as funeral homes, but 12 hours to see people is just draining for people um but what you're saying is even though you may not have that amount of time there does need to be the amount of time to accommodate friends and it is part of the grieving process
2: yes it is definitely a part of the grieving process um we have come away from uh although we still have families who uh, don't want to they want two to four seven to nine but they want no break so they want two to nine and um you know we we do bring to the table when they ask us this we 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 let them know that you know there may be a time when they want to step out yeah. uh, for for a break, dinner. Um, but some of them think that they want that all together because for whatever reason they have a lot of family or a lot of friends, and they they want to be there for them. Yeah. but of course, the friends and the family, other family family members are also there for that for that initial sure, family. Sure. But um, it is important. Um, It has come, you know, hour-wise, it has come down to, uh, you know, two hours in the afternoon, two hours in the evening, um, and then the next day. Um, I know when I deal sometimes if we go with Pastor Plugman's Church, um, you know, he has a different uh, setup where they have a gathering uh, in the church, and um, uh, that can be... uh, specific times, Pastor? Uh,
3: Uh, Yes. um, Often what happens is uh, prior to the memorial service, which we might schedule, say, for 8 o'clock at night, um, perhaps from 6 o'clock on or 5 o'clock in the afternoon, the family is available in the fellowship hall, and we have some light refreshments for those who come. Uh, to meet with the family, and then it transitions into the memorial service, and then that's usually followed by the burial the following morning. Yeah,
1: yeah and I, I hasten to add, of course, we're doing this from uh, a Long Island, New York perspective, and we've got listeners, as I was mentioning before the program, from around the world. And there are different customs, uh, even in other parts of the country, but this will give you a window at least on how things are done here. Uh, Dorothy, are there, are there there are there practices... Uh, that you've seen or that people uh, have suggested that are just un- unhelpful at the time of, of, a, of a death or, or a burial?
2: Unhelpful?
1: Um, you know, maybe adding to the grief or?
2: Well, I know uh, there has been things in the past. Uh, I know you had mentioned earlier about uh, uh, being at the gravesite and... Uh, having the casket lowered into the grave uh, may cause more grief for the family. Yeah. Um, but that that's also a family uh, decision. Right. Uh, in my practices, um, as a funeral director, I always as a funeral director, I always remain at the grave site. But if a family member wants to be there um, for whatever reason, then I you know I can't say, that they shouldn't be there.
1: Yeah, I think, and it's it's sad that we even need to think like this, but we are in a culture of cynicism. And there are people who are going to wonder is that, is that casket with that body really going to be laid into the ground or is, are some shenanigans going to go on? And this way, what you're saying is as the funeral director, you're there and you can assure that.
2: That's correct.
0: And
1: on the other side of it, people have different views of what closure is in, in this whole matter. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That's- We're dealing today with the the topic of planning a truly Christian funeral. And I want to add, in light of what Pastor Mike said over here, uh, for for the believer in Christ, there's a celebratory element. I mean, this is a this is one that's gone to glory. I, and I'll give you one of my personal things. I don't know, Pastor Mind, if you ever heard anything like this one. But uh, the man that I've I've spoken with, who that I God willing will do my funeral service. I said, when the casket's being wheeled out of the church building, I want you to say, "The devil lost another one." <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's one for me. But anyway, so we're dealing with the subject of planning a truly Christian funeral. And I mentioned earlier in the program we're. Making making available for, for you for free uh, the book by Donald Howard, little booklet actually, Burial or Cremation, Does It Matter?, and if you'd like a copy of that that discusses this issue that we're not going to get into on the program, Burial or Cremation, Does It Matter?, by Donald Howard, you can just email me at visitpastorbill, that's all one word, visitpastorbill at gmail.com. And you can uh, please please obviously include your mailing address, because I can't get it to you as an email. Uh, the other that may be of interest to you, in my opinion, it is the finest little booklet, also by Donald Howard. Uh, is, is called Christians Grieve Two. And uh, for if you, you yourself are going through the grieving process or know someone who is, you can just ask for that volume, little booklet, Christians Grieve Two, and we'll get it for you. Now, let me just take a moment before we come back to the program to tell you a little bit about the group of churches that present this program. It's really part of their outreach to you through us. Those are the Orthodox Presbyterian Churches in East Haddam, Connecticut, where we have Harvest Orthodox Presbyterian Church, and then Westminster Orthodox Presbyterian Church in Hamden, Connecticut, uh, here in Mount Vernon, New York, not far from us, is uh, the, obviously the, Orthodox, the Westchester Orthodox Presbyterian Church in Mount Vernon, and then Reformation Presbyterian Church, congregation of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church in Fresh Meadows, Queens, and then here on Long Island. The Orthodox Presbyterian Church in Franklin Square, uh, the Orthodox Presbyterian or Trinity Church in Syosset, Congregation of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church, and appropriately at the Orthodox Presbyterian Church in Bohemia, where you would sit under the fine ministry of one of my one of my guests today, Pastor Mike Plugman. If you like archives of the program, uh, now over a year of these programs that uh, we call basically magazine articles for the year. Uh, they give you a slice of of, of biblical church life and practice. We have uh, topics like The Christian View of Politics by Dr. David Ennis of the King's College, very popular when writing Christian novels by Carl Bacon, who is a published author, and then uh, Judy Rogers a Christian children's music program which is just a lot of fun to listen to so you can check those out in the archives either at study. that's all one word Study. no apostrophe in there .org or if it's easier for you just go to www.sermonaudio.com a resource many of you uh, use All of you should be familiar with sermonaudio.com and just search a visit to the pastor's study. And you'll get all the archives there. We also invite you to like us on Facebook and uh, we value your questions and your comments. So we're dealing today with um, planning truly Christian funerals. Call-in number 631-955-5400. If you'd like to call in with your question, I'm sure by now you have them. And if you'd prefer to text your question, just text Pastor Bill 516-367-0391, 516-367-0391 for text questions. Dorothy, let's, let's talk about the cost of funeral services. We're talking about being good stewards, we want dignity. As Pastor might mentioned, in uh, simplicity d- does not mean again dollar store kind of stuff. Uh, at the same time, we need to be stewards, uh, and we we know funeral prices can get up into the multi thousands of dollars. So how can we be the best stewards of our funds, and still have a funeral service that honors the one who's passed from this life to the next?
2: Well, I think you when you said honor your loved one, I think that's the most important uh, thing in this. Uh, you also need to be practical. You need to know um, what your finances are. You need to discuss with your family, uh, with your pastor. you need to to coordinate and, and, and ask questions. Uh, you need to know what your loved one wanted, um, and that goes in the pre-planning uh, s- section. Um, but it's it's very important that even though cost is, is evident, you need to be very aware of what you could do and honor that your loved one with the finances that you have. Uh, you should not be forced or put into a situation where you can't afford something to well. have a truly... Uh, Christian yeah funeral. what
1: you're saying is you have to keep the dollars in mind exactly
2: correct exactly. okay
1: uh, are there standards in every state about what can be charged for the different services um,
2: when you when you talk about funeral home charges uh, each funeral home and, and, and this may go for other states um, there's a service charge basically the service charge handles the overhead of the of the funeral home. Um, but you do have, you do have choices in the, in those overheads. You have, uh, you know, whether you want a, a full day visitation or you want to have it in a church or the, your loved one is a fireman. He may be viewed in the fire department, um, which, you know, again, uh, Kind of delete some of the costs, but that
1: impact. must be done under the direction of a funeral director.
2: Correct? Yes, it yeah. still has okay. to be done under the direction. of... Now, is of that
1: a uniform funeral. in all the states, or are you not?
2: Uh, as far with as that? a service charge, uh, I, I know New York State. I know there's some other uh, states that that that's how the funeral homes are able to operate uh, with a service yeah. charge. But everything is itemized. There's no such thing as you know years ago, and I'm talking probably before I became a funeral director 40 years ago. Um, you know there was packages. You used to go to a funeral home, used to go into a funeral home, go go downstairs with the funeral director, select the casket. and the casket had a price on it. and in the in with the casket, you had a hearse, one limo, and then each of the caskets that you selected had different prices, yeah. but it was considered a package. We no longer can do that. Everything is itemized. itemized. Um, yeah,
1: there's a sheet, as, as I remember. That yes, you fill there's, out a, all there's the a contract
2: the that's filled out. Each individual item is asked, you know, the fa- like I said, in that discussion with the family, um, before we even do anything, we want to find out, you know, what they want, what their loved one wants, how, how they're going to honor that person. Um, and, you know, the, the, it's a gamut of things that you need to... To talk about with them, but um, it's it's helpful for them when they come in. Um, it's helpful that for them to know that uh, they do have choices. They do have uh, right. options to to help them with if there is any financial situation involved.
1: Yeah, and Pastor, Ron, I'm going to ask you the same thing in just a moment. But um, what I was getting at, Dorothy, is there must be someone who has responsibility for the body correct it's not like the family can say we'll take the body home and handle this ourselves am i right
2: well that's that's correct no the family yeah. the family can with the funeral director uh in new york state uh pick up a body if they if they wish with to, the funeral with director. the funeral director correct okay um but uh um, therein afterwards it's it's more or less a funeral director that yeah. has to handle okay. the uh, the human remains of the yes
1: all right well pastor plugman along with all of the other gifts you have as a pastor because you are dutch you are very you are very good when it comes to financial issues talk to us a little bit about some of these issues, uh, funeral home, maybe vis-a-vis funeral services
3: organizations? Yeah, well, first, Bill, I would highly recommend, um, in the interest of, of things running smoothly and in the interest of coordination, to consider taking your pastor along to the funeral home Yes. so that the funeral director, the family, and the minister are all sitting around the table and work out what is best in their particular circumstances.
1: Uh, great, excellent. That's a um, golden bit of advice. yes.
3: Yeah, that's, um, that will help a great deal. I've done this a number of times and it's always been yeah, a very yeah. good experience. Yeah. Um, besides that, you mentioned you know how to, how to perhaps um, save some cost. Make the memorial service the centerpiece. Use the funeral home for the casket and putting the body in the casket, preparing everything. Uh, Dorothy, you handle Social Security and some of those more government-related issues for the family as well. You, You need a funeral home for all of that. But you don't need to meet at a funeral home and have the body laid out in a funeral home if you make the memorial service the centerpiece of the proceeding.
1: Now, and now, is there a difference between funeral services organizations and funeral homes? I, I don't know, Dorothy, that may be more your field.
2: I think it's just the terminology. Uh, okay. Funeral service, I mean, as far as the, the funeral director is concerned, a funeral service is... Is the memorial, like Pastor had said, um, a church service? Is a is a funeral service? Uh, visitation in a funeral home. We use the word visitation, but it could also be used as a funeral service.
1: Okay. Well, what I was thinking of though funeral are there director. are there funeral directors who may not have a, a funeral home, so to speak, but they would come to you and work with you in the church of which you're a part. I mean, is there that kind of thing out there?
2: Um, yes, but a funeral director. Can work separately, but their their license has to be in a funeral home someplace. Oh, I
1: see. Okay. So we are
2: under it. the umbrella of that funeral yeah. home. Okay. Uh, as right. a funeral director.
1: As a pastor, mind back back on what you were
3: saying. Okay. The other uh, aspect of it uh, would be to consider open casket versus closed casket. If you go the route of open casket, you need to embalm the body. You need a makeup artist to make the body presentable, uh, a hair stylist, uh, which a funeral home employs. All of these services are available, but add to the cost, the overall cost. Mm-hmm. With a closed casket, you don't need those things. Embalming is not a law, at least not in New York State, correct, Dorothy? That's correct. Yeah. Okay, but now how about this
1: issue of closure, though? You You have. Um, you've been through the calling hours, been through the memorial service, uh, the casket's going to be put in the hearse, and the, church, and the people want to have one last look at yeah. the remains. You can still do that even if there's not been the embalming? I,
3: well, Dorothy would be better to answer that than me.
2: Um, on occasion we have uh, you know, had a, a, a final viewing of a family that had a closed casket, um it depends on what the family has asked us to do prior to that. Okay. Um if they have asked us no embalming, um there's there's a, times when they don't want dressing. Um I mean there's ways of us that we if we don't have an embalming, um it depending on the the condition of the no. body, uh, we do need to do some sort of preparation, Preparation. especially if there is some sort of a visitation. Um, We've had um, funeral service, visitation, and burial all in one day, and the family does not have to have uh, embalming.
1: Yeah, particularly in the Jewish tradition, that would be the case. Especially in
2: that, um, where we can have the open casket, uh, we do some sort of preparation, but um, just so that the the, the deceased is presentable and they come in for an hour, an hour and a half in the morning. Mm-hmm. They they see the deceased, they see their loved one, and uh, then we close the casket. They have their funeral service, and then we proceed to the burial, okay. uh, to their interment.
1: Okay. Pastor Mike, did, did you want to add anything else about the pastoral role with the family and, and cost issues?
3: I think I pretty well covered yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, because
1: you know pastors are—we're we're going to be at least generally aware
3: yeah. of
1: of the financial situation. We don't know the bank account, obviously, but you know if people are where they are financially, and you can kind of gently deal with them. I know one of the things, and I completely concur about the pastor being with people. I've, I've thought of this, especially with widows, uh, if if a, if a sibling, if if a child can't be there with them. Uh, and and the pastors close to them, I've always esteemed that. And and Dorothy, don't misunderstand this. I'm not saying uh, funeral directors necessarily do this. I know you would not. Uh, but but there can be sometimes maybe even a self-imposed sense of guilt. Uh, you know, I didn't do this for my loved one. I didn't do that. And now maybe I can make it up a little bit. And here's a casket that looks better. I mean, those those are the, again whether. Um, that may be urged on people, uh, or, or whether they urge it on themselves. I always try to dissuade people from making decisions out of a out of a sense of guilt. I, I don't know. Is that the kind of thing that that you run into, Dorothy?
2: Um, yes. In in the past, that's been um, that's been noticed, or that's been part of the funeral uh, funeral industry, or the funeral director uh, making arrangements with the family. But uh, again, you know. In order for us to to feel uh, some sense of um, dignity and, and ethical behavior on our part as funeral professionals, because um, we consider ourselves a ministry also at this point. Yes, that's right. Um, so uh, you want to help the family, and you want to make sure that whatever they can afford, you know, they are... They are able to to decide for that for themselves. Yeah,
1: and they're not made to feel guilty exactly. if it's a less less no, expensive casket. Absolutely yeah, not. Yeah, we, sure.
2: you know, that's something that 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 I don't I don't do, and um, you know the the, uh, the professionals that I work with with uh, the, the associations um, they they basically uh, have high standards.
3: Yeah, sure. Pastor, Mind? Yeah, I would one more uh, add one more thing with regards to uh, cost, and that is don't overlook the small cemeteries that are scattered yes. throughout the countryside. Um, we have 40 of them or more in Suffolk County. Um, the graves, the cost of the graves in these little cemeteries, is often not always, mm-hmm. but often considerably less yes. than in the large commercial mm-hmm. cemeteries, and some of them don't require a vault. Which is a yeah. fourteen hundred dollars savings.
1: Yes. Yeah. A oh, very excellent point. Excellent yeah. point. R- real quickly, we've got a lot to do before we wrap up the show, Pastor Mike. What goes into a truly God glorifying funeral service?
3: A God centeredness would be um, would be paramount. Mm-hmm. An emphasis on the truths that um, that steady us, that comfort us, um, that direct us. Um, during times of grief, and so the memorial service where all of this is uh, brought out is, to my mind, um, the big thing. When David lost his infant son, what did he do? He went to the temple and, and worshipped, worshipped God. God. This is what Christians yeah, sure, do. Sure, sure. You know, we run to God.
1: <laughs> and, and let me caution all of you in here. I noticed, Dorothy, you are mentioning how, how traditions change. It used to be that the, basically the minister led the service, did everything. Over the last 20 years or so, there's more of more of an emphasis on people standing up and giving testimonials. Um, that can detract very quickly from the god centeredness of a service, i 'll give an anecdote in a moment, and I always insist you can stand up and speak, but i 'm going to get the the last word in there to make the gospel known and i I remember vividly it was the funeral service of one of of one of our loved ones in in our family mark my wife 's family and and the service at the church had been almost all the people stood up and and give these testimonies testimonials about how wonderful this person was. Most this person was a sinner saved by grace but she was a sinner and it was one of the most discouraging times and the next day the pastor did the service and as he stood at the graveside he said never forget and he mentioned the person's name was was a sinner saved by the grace of God? Let me tell you about what that grace is. It was beautiful because it brought to bear the victory of Christ over death. Dorothy, um, real quickly, any closing remarks? Um, and, and feel free to give us your contact Give give us at least an email so people can contact you, Dorothy.
2: Okay, sure. Um, closing comment. Um, basically, it's very important for a family to. Um, <clears throat> they call it talk, have the talk of a lifetime. Um, they need to talk to their families about what they want, um, how they're going to honor that person. <clears throat> and if it's for themselves, they need to tell them what they what their likes are, what their dislikes. Um, they sh- have to share stories, but they have to talk about it because in so many cases, people don't talk about it and they something happens and their families are... Uh, have the burden of not knowing what to do, w- what the person wanted, and um, and then there's th- then that there becomes uh, you know a very big uh, uh, for the families it becomes very hard for well, them
1: to be a source, It can be a source of division.
2: That's correct. Yeah, okay. That's correct. Give
1: us, give us your an email if people would like to contact you, Dorothy.
2: Sure. My email is uh, info at nyatlantic. Funeralservices.com.
1: Thank you very much, Dorothy. Pastor, Pastor Mite. Closing people, words.
3: People also should feel free to contact me, and I can direct them in all these matters. Um, and um, you want better my contact you, information? Yeah, better give your email. Yeah, oh. uh, yeah. And, or easier, they could well, just visit yeah.
1: you at the OPC in Bohemia.
3: That's right. Uh, <laughs> okay. Phone number 631. 631- two one eight one five eight three um how about your email m r p l o e g m a n at a o l dot dot com good yeah. excellent
1: and i want to emphasize what's most important period <laughs> the only way the only way for you to be prepared for your death is by fleeing to Jesus Christ. I love to tell people that faith in Christ is a marriage to him, uh, so that everything he has is yours, and he conquered death. So in Christ, in Christ there's conquest of death, and that's the way you prepare for your for your own death by coming to Christ. I want to remind you again the free booklet that we're offering to you burial or cremation. Does It Matter? by Donald Howard. You can email me at visitpastorbill, that's all one word, visitpastorbill at gmail.com. Please include your mailing address if you'd like that booklet, Burial or Cremation, Does It Matter? And, uh, and if you like also the, the booklet, Christians Grieve 2, also by Donald Howard, uh, then feel free to request that at visitpastorbill at com. Hey, we've come to the end of another visit to the pastor's study. My thanks to Pastor Mike Plugman and also Dorothy Passameo for being with us today and, and and enlightening us and helping us in planning a truly Christian funeral. I would appreciate your feedback or your questions. You can email me. I've already given the address. Visit PastorBill at gmail.com and remember Tomorrow is the Lord's Day. That's a day in which we celebrate the victory of the Lord Jesus over death. Technically, every Sunday is Easter Sunday in the Christian world, so be sure to set apart time to worship the Lord in a church that is faithful to the Word of God and that will tell you about our only comfort in life and death, a faithful Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And remember, too, as we've been reminded today, not least in planning your funeral, everyone needs a pastor. Let's pray together great and glorious God. You've so loved the world. You've given your only begotten Son who came into the world as a sacrifice for sin and to conquer death. And what a delight it is that when we come to Jesus in true faith and true self-abandonment to Him, we have everlasting life. Now let us revel in that and also know the joy of planning funeral services to your glory. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. You've been listening to A Visit
0: to the Pastor's Study, a ministry of Reformation Metro New York. Our website is www.reformationmetrony.org. Again, that's www.reformationmetrony.org. For more information on the program, check out our website at www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. That's www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. Listen in next week at 12 noon for another edition of A Visit to the Pastor's Study. Remember, everyone needs a pastor.